Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken by the Spirit. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to this heart and mind today. We pray, Lord, for Jesus, purpose in you and uh, faith for us the year ahead to be birth in our hearts. Lord, we pray that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fear or trepidation until the year ahead. We pray instead, Lord, the genuine faith and excitement and hope for what you've got for us individually and for us corporately, Lord, we need to be birthed in by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the fact that we are a charismatic church. I want to speak about that for a few minutes. Because um, in the 1960s and 70s in our country, the Holy Spirit was poured out in a remarkable way. And many churches that for years have said um, the Holy Spirit gifts are no longer in operation. Um, things like speaking tongues, prophecy, miracles, healing, signs and wonders are no longer um, happening now. And that has been believed really in the church, generally speaking, in this nation for centuries. Suddenly God broke in and said, actually, that's not the case. <laughs> and many people were touched in a powerful way. Um, but there was a sense of the established church, not, not in its entirety, but in, 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 in some places saying, we're not happy with it. And so people had to make a choice between their current church or or you know walking in this new thing, which is actually an old thing, but the new thing that God was doing. And so they left and became charismatic churches. And with that came other things like new songs and a slightly less formal way of doing church, etc., etc. Now what's happened over the years is that the established church, which is not charismatic, so wouldn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, has actually, though, in the main, taken on the new songs and taken on a much more informal thing. And so on the surface, sometimes it can appear that it's the same sort of deal. And what can happen is, as a result, is that you can tend to think, you can tend to associate being charismatic with being formal to singing lively songs. Yeah, that's just much more profound than that. We we are not just open to maybe the Holy Spirit might do something and that would be nice for us. That we are eagerly pursuing the Spirit's gifts. Amen. That's what the Bible says. And the reason why we're charismatic is because we believe in the Word, and the Word is eagerly desire prophecy. You know, pursue the greater gifts. Go for it. Paul says, "I speak in tongues more than any of you." So Paul encourages these things. And so I I I, I want to kind of make it clear at the start of the year that is what we are about. The church that is our root. We, are, we want to be a Word Spirit church, and we are actively looking for the outbreak of the Holy Spirit and miraculous signs and wonders, and these things that we're not to be afraid of that or worried about that. It's a strange thing. Now, this does worry some people, which is a bad experience of being around a scene where it's been extreme, where things have gone on that have just been like odd, and then people think it's God, and it's just seemed like unhelpful, manipulative, or whatever. And so some people can get a bit nervous and begin to just back off a bit. But I would say we mustn't back off of what God is doing. Because some bad things have gone on in God's life. That's like saying if you find a five pound, a counterfeit five pound note in your wallet, you say, I don't believe the five pound note in I'm going to lose it. It's crazy. You, you found something that's not quite the deal that's tended to be, but then you just think that's the bad one and you put it to one side. But you say, No, I want the good thing. I want the reality. I want the authentic of what God is doing. And the way God has given us His word has helped us to know how to handle the gift in a wise way. Yeah? So if I was to prophesy over you, prophesy over you and say something like, God is telling you, I don't know, <laughs> I was joking about it earlier, so he's telling you to leave your job and trust him for money, you know. Because we've got the word here, you know that you have the freedom to say, okay, thanks, Seth, I'm going to now weigh and test that. You 
going to call this for the work. Yeah? And then if I think it stands up to my other follow, if it doesn't, I'm going to tell you to use all the parts. Yeah? Amen? Because that's what we, God shows us how we can use these things. And so you read the Bible, I've talked about working hard and all that sort of thing. This is because I think we missed it. Yeah? So, in that sense, we, we can feel safe around letting God have his way and breaking and do things we don't expect, do things that are off the map, do things that we think are, it doesn't always, it's not, it's not what I would say is logical, but we know we've got safety about it, which is us from going into deception. And this is especially important with prophecy. Now, today, as it's our first Sunday in 08, I want to speak to you about two prophecies that have been brought to the church, one in November, one in December last year, and I want to work through with you how to weigh them together, how to test them, and then really, if we agree this is a good thing, this is a God thing, how are we going to let those prophecies shape us as a church this year? Sound good? So hopefully through it, you learn how to weigh and test prophecy as well as, as, well as actually um, coming into the good things that God has got for us. So you see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, we're going to flick scripturally, so you can turn to it if you want to, but by the time you've got there, you might come to another one. So it's up to you. But you can write down the references and look them up when you get home, it might be easier. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says that two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. So if someone prophesies and the idea is that you weigh it, you put it in the scales and you say, does it add up? Does this seem like something that God would say? From what I know about God and his word, from what I know about God and what I've learned in my time as a Christian, does this add up? Or when you put it in the scales, you just kind of go, no, this isn't right. Way. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20-21 says, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Now the Bible says we prophesy in part. So it could be that I've been a prophetic word for you, and so much of the content you know straight away, you're speaking right into my life, this is amazing, and look at something, you think, man, that really doesn't fit. It all comes part of the same package, but you think, that was amazing, and they got to that, and I thought, that's weird. So the Bible says we prophesy in part, so that doesn't mean the whole thing was bad. So the idea is you test it by, you, you weigh up and you just under the scripture and other things you've learned over time, and you say, actually, yeah, and the things that God was saying into your heart anyway, you think, yeah, that was all amazing. This thing just seems, I'm going to hold fast to this. And I'm just going to shelve it. You know, if it's evil, you reject it. But if it's a bit odd, shelve it, not getting a big panic about it. Okay? That's how you test prophecy. If you don't test it, you end up this time. If someone brings a word, when someone brings a word, God's got this for you to church, we go, I think you that's lovely, and carry all the same direction as we were, and don't let ourselves be shaped by it, we despise it. Yeah? We don't give it the credibility it deserves. So I want us to not despise property today, but to test it and look at it. So, here we go then. We will look at the first prophecy, we will test it. If we think, yes, this is a good thing, we're then going to look at how we should respond. Because in one thing to say before we look at the actual prophecy, you need to respond a lot of the time to prophecies that come. Because you see, there's this dynamic interplay that goes on between God and man in terms of prophecies being fulfilled. For example, the Apostle Paul in um, Philippians 3.12, he says, I lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. So Paul was aware, I've been laid hold of by God. If someone comes down, just come out for a second. So, so then, if you just kind of, it's a strong word, it's, the, the word you say, it signifies kind of, uh, um, heard someone to preach someone, signifies someone, apprehending someone just to arrest them. So without affecting them, why? you could just do that in some way. Yeah, kind of look vigorous, the vigorous one. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so the understanding of Paul's part is that he's been laid hold of by God, there's been a zeal in God's 
parts and I've got you for something and Paul says, I've been good back. Yeah? That's what Paul says. I'm going to lay hold back of God which God has laid hold of me. Okay? So that's the image. I did well, I did very well. That's the image there. Yeah. That is the, the image is, I know, God, you put things in my heart, you burnt things in prophetically through your word for a key moment, and now I'm going to get back hold of you for the fulfillment of this. Hebrews 6.12 says, be imitators of those, don't, do not be sluggish, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. So there's this active part where we say, God, fulfill what you've said, let it come good. Come on, you've said it, God, and that is how the thing works, that's how it comes to pass. So God gives us it to so let hold on you and believe him. And as we do that, you see, we're positioning ourselves for what God's going to do. We're positioning ourselves so when God breaks and then fulfills what he says, we're ready, we're in the right place, we're not caught off guard, but we're in, we can get the next out of what we do. Yeah? That's how we're going to go about things today. So um, if you also look at, sorry, quickly, in, in the book of Joshua, God says, I've, not turned it, but God says, I've given you this land, the promised land, and then there's one time where Joshua has to march with the army through the night to get to the place where the battle is. Now you see, Joshua could have said, what's the big deal? We'll go, we'll go. God's beating, can be married, we'll go whenever. He's God's giving us the land. That's what Joshua's response is. Like, God has promised us this land, let's fight with all our might to have it for this army. Yeah? That's how you respond. You believe God and it creates sometimes zealous and extreme action because you think, I'm going to go for this, I'm going to demonstrate truly believe in God. So, are you ready for the prophecy? Prophecy number one. Do you remember when John Wood from City Hope Church, where I used to work, came, white hair, um, it, it was, that was why we were so surprised to have someone here over the age of 15, and uh, we were all amazed. <laughs> and uh, so John Wood came up and he prophesied over us, and, and he, he got, got us all together, if you weren't here, he got us all together, he hold hands, and he looked at me close, and he said, he said, it's like God is saying, you're coming to a different season now where I used to hold your hand, because you were very, very young, but you've grown up a bit, and I'm going to let you go, but my eyes will be on you. Remember that? My eyes will be on you, I'm going to let you go, but I want you to just go a bit, and it was not about, just go, go, you know, it's okay, my eyes on you, don't be afraid. That was the cut and thrust of it, and it was about coming to a new season of growth and a new season of maturity. Now, does this add up biblically? Well, Jesus said, I will build my church. That's a very famous quote, but what it means is that his idea is that we don't the church doesn't remain as it is, but it means one thing. Ephesians 4.15 says, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So the idea is that we come to maturity, we come into the likeness of Christ. So what John was saying, although it was prophetic and it was for us at that moment, it fits vividly with God's idea for the church of coming to maturity, not to be like children the whole time, kind of being blown around by every wind of doctrine and blown around by deceitful people. You've just come to a place where you're able to stand your ground and you're, you're growing up. Psalm 33, 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. So God's saying, you can go, but my eyes on you, I'm watching you. You see it biblically. So biblically, this word stands up. But what about the other way of testing it, which is, what did we feel God would say to us as a church anyway? Where were we at? What were we feeling in our heart? Well, do we or do we not use the word go a lot? If you don't wish to be training, you should now at this point say, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we look at the Great Commission where Jesus says, go and make disciples of nations. We look at the fact that the, the, the way we're supposed to reach people and to, and to grow is not by getting people to come to us, but by going and loving people and shining our light. And so John was saying that time, oh, go on, let, let go of your hand, you can go now, put my eyes on you. So I believe yeah, it's it absolutely, absolutely connected to where we were at. We had our big Christmas events coming up where we've been going and saying people would love you to come. So it all works 
beautifully. And obviously we've got the church wine alpha. So I believe when we went as a church, it fitted, it was right, and biblically it stands up. Okay? So we've just weighed it again. Does that make sense? So I think, okay, we need to respond to this. How can we respond? Well, well, two days after that, by the grace of God, I called a special offering. Never done one before, but there were things that we needed. Um, a projector, a van, and to run an alpha in a public setting, which is obviously going to cost money. I said, we're going to run these things. I said, we need £5,000 to do that. So we did a special offering. I know you guys gave me five days and I get seen on Tuesday. I felt, no, I've been encouraged, but God was in it. We need to go because we need to go and believe God. Praise God, we went £5,000. Hallelujah. Yeah? So for me, it was a sign of faith that God's with us in this. It's a good thing we've got the projector. Hopefully, we can use it in the canteen if we're out in there next week. Um, we mean they went to look at a van yesterday. The mechanic took it tomorrow. If it's good, we'll hopefully buy Tuesday. So it's happening. We've booked up the uh, venue for Alpha. So we're using the money for what we said. Hallelujah. So, when I was 11 years old, I had my first day out without parental supervision. Who here remembers their first day out without parental supervision? I was, I was, years, what was I? No, when I was in year six, so I lived about a mile and a half from my school in a, in a rough area. When I was in year six, my mum said, you can now go to school by yourself on Saturday. When I was in year seven, said, you can now go out by yourself on Saturday. I mean, I've played up and down the street on my stable before, but you can just go in year seven. And I remember my friend, and I felt like a big guy around, you know. We went into a shop and we bought fizzy fruit. Back at Christmas. And they were walking along, just I'm doing it. The world is my oyster. And it just felt like, ah, oh, this is great. I just, I tell you, it's a strange thing. I mean, I remember it now. I don't know how many years ago now. Seven years ago now. And, uh, <laughs> but I still remember it. And it was, it was, a, it was a significant moment where I just felt like, man, something's changed. It's a new season. I'm a big boy now. And I feel like we need to be able to be feeling somewhere. There's a church here. God said, come on, God, I'm with you. Don't be clingy. Don't have that insecure, clingy attitude. Obviously, I'm not saying nothing close to God, but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, it's like, no, you're all right. Come on, I want you to go. Have a go. Be adventurous. Don't be insecure and always think, well, I can't give that a try. No, come on, God's spoken. Let's surprise respond. I said, I believe God. Let's believe God for that He's with us on things like Alpha. He said, I'm going to invite you to. I'm busy for saying no, but say no. It's God, isn't it? I'm going to go for it because God said, come on, you go, have a good time. I want to tell you that I'm looking for a time of growth, um, not, not, not a time of consolidation. We just didn't just meditate on that before God is obviously seeing, you know, last time of growth of 35% or so, which is significant. We thank God for. But I think only pressing we need to grow more. Um, and so um, we've got 80 spaces booked for our weekend away, and we've got an 86 out on Sunday morning. Not really the magic number I feel God spoke to me, but I, I'm on the second point, the second prophecy, it hopefully needs to make more sense. But I thought we'd go for a ton of growth. This acoustic night and this alpha that we're running centrally is part of us as a body saying, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to make it happen. Okay? So um, if you've got no one to bring to alpha, you can go to the salad on the evening, and there'll be intercessions around you. And you can pray. Those women have to pray for the Lord. So we can all get planning together. This is what we're going for corporately as a church. Believe in God for a great life. But I want to say to you individually expect to grow in God. Expect this year to be a year of growth. That is God's heart for you. Expect God to give you more responsibility. Responsibility is a good thing. I feel like I could do a whole sermon on responsibility. It's kind of a bad thing. I think a lot of times when I start, it's a good thing. Expect God to enlarge you. 
in these areas. Expect more adventure. Pull the word into what into into your world and God make it come to pass. Okay, so first prophecy. Second prophecy was Laura brought on the 16th of December. Do you remember what she said? She said, I believe God is wanting to give you an increase of his miraculous power and, it, and, it will, and the power will go higher but as you go lower but that will happen. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And then she spoke about God, she particularly said God give me keys in terms of reaching the marginalised and the vulnerable, the needy. And as you go lower in that sense, God will increase and take higher power. Should we write this one up? Yeah. Okay. 1 Peter 5 verse 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. It's a principle scripturally. Speaking of Jesus, Philippians 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, therefore God has highly exalted him. So there's this gospel order where we get lower, and God in, in, in the right time, in the appropriate way, will take us higher. We don't try to make ourselves higher. That is world. We don't do that. And we're just going to serve and do something. We trust God at the right time, in the right spheres and realms, He will raise us up. James 1.27 says this, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained in the world. God's heart is particularly drawn towards those who are unprotected and vulnerable and marginalised. Not that he kind of prefers to the people, but he's aware, he's a protector by nature, he's aware of their need, because of his jaw towards him. So when she draws it, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this is biblical. Listen to this, Isaiah 58. Isn't this the path that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. It's basically a repetition of that Basically. Circle. Roll up your sleeves and have a humble attitude. God will glory will shine on you. Can you see that it stands up for It works. What about, what was God saying to us as a church anyway? Well, what is one of our dreams in the future? To run an LP this month. Yeah? And so I sent off, well, Lisa and Andy and Mike and me sent off letters to order our people times we could come up with in the area to say, if you want to come and visit some old people, just to love them. Have a cup of tea and just love them. Um, responses so far? Zero. But that's alright, that's fine. God's with us in it, it's fine. I came across um, an age concern um, centre by accident the other day, went in there. And they said you can visit people here. So we'll pick a local one another. Okay? But that's been our heart. Okay, what else? We've got some guys helping out with the night shelter for um, homeless people in Canada. That's happening at the end of January. If you want to be involved, you haven't heard about that yet, come, come and see me. But we're going to be doing that anyway. The very week Laura prophesied it, that week I've been coming to God at the way of reaching the poor. I just didn't know the way through there. Um, also, very simple the church has dropped an email. I've said something about reaching the needy. So it's kind of. We've been praying on Sunday nights, God, give us the miraculous, we need keys. We know that the miraculous should be normal among us, you are miraculous. If you're among us, the miracle should be happening, give us keys, I feel God will say, need keys to you. Get lower, and it'll get higher. So the witness is yes. Yeah? They had a response. Well, praise God, we don't have to find up the Holy Spirit left in the Seriously. We're not into it. We haven't got time to generate something, make God. 
as we go lower, his manifestations will increase. Okay? As we go lower, his, we will experience more of his mercy and more of his power amongst us. We just need to follow the instructions. So on the 30th of January, there's a meeting around my house to, for all those interested in reaching marginalised and needy. We're just going to brainstorm and pray. Okay? Don't know where we're going to go with it yet. See what God says first. So we just get together and say, God speaks with us as a church. Let's talk. Let's pray. Let's see what God says. My dream at one point, well, it's more, it's more of a practical thing. I want to focus, I want to focus on a, a local, a local estate at some point soon. Um, before we find this church, I was having a chat with Dave Stroud, who oversees the New Frontier Churches in the UK. I said, I want to, I want to get a local estate. Just bless it. Just bring something that God's loving to it. He said, Don't do that until you're 75. Don't do that until some of the needs you need, you just need, you need at least a church that size to be able to draw some of the challenges you will face and not, not be overwhelmed by it. I mean, there, you need wisdom with these things. You have God's heart, you need wisdom. There's many Christians that have gone for something and it's just they end up just getting swamped by the need and not being ready. So, so that's another one of the reasons I want to pray, God, please, in the next few months, would you just give us another start to pray? Just so you can do the things that have done. We'll do them anyway. But God, please get us to go just so we can absorb it and so we've got the manpower to really get behind it. And so that was the thing about the, the growth, hence the ages we live in. But my plan, however, is to find an estate in April and run a kids' club on an estate, a three-day kids' club on an estate, a local estate near here, because what we want to do is after three-day kids' club, we want to say, now that there's a church here, Sunday, so every single time we get some local kids, hopefully we can get the and begin to try and go on. We may have got a team together doing those same three days, to not be a state and just living with them, decorating the system. And we just see what God does. So that, that's the plan um, in April. So, um, also, wouldn't it be great on Sunday just to have people come to the team place of homeless, hungry, and now I think they're going to go, oh, let's have a church. Yeah? Just about three thousand women need it. Wouldn't it be good? Yeah? So, I just want to encourage us, let's just have that part and let's just be praying into that. Let's be, because God wants us to do it, so He's going to help us. With it. And as we do it, it's vital we expect God's power to rest on us because that was part of the process. It wasn't just go up, it was, and my power went to us. So we need faith for that and praying that one in. So that we get to a place where all the people that we're reaching is transformation, not just a good thing. Yeah? An anointing, because the transformation and life change. So, to just sum up, God has spoken and I want to treasure it. We mustn't despise it, but we can despise it by rejecting it, or we can despise it by saying, thank you, that was nice, and just carrying on. No, Lord, we treasure the fact that you've spoken into us in the church, and you want to do this. Now, our response is always bread and fish, all right? It's always bread and fish. The thing on your state, it's bread and fish. It's a cup of bread and fish. It's what we do to God. Yeah? And he makes it something that's in the middle. Yeah? He makes it something in the That's how it goes. So then we've got to worry, we're going to look through the rest of the three No, no, we're just responding in faith, saying, God, we believe you. Yeah? And we put it in his hands, and then Jesus makes it into something that can be presented. He opens up doors and all kinds of things that can So that's, that's the kind of the gospel kind of principle that works great. So be encouraged, don't be fearful, God is with us. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. Over to Dino, he's going to bring us to the break of the bread, and he's got some encouragement that we call to run. I can't remember if it was a boxing day or a movie day. I was watching a match of the rain. I don't know if that was shoot by the boat road. 
Ez egy szobóprogramja, a halász, a fogukáig születel. De azt kell, hogy nem abban az a szkolóból, hogy már egy ilyen elevőn abszolút nagy. None of them played well. And after the game, he flipped back to the manager and he said, I don't know what went on, but I sent them out with a plan and they didn't follow it. And that's why we got out. And then there was another game, and it got a little bit later on, and it was Liverpool's plan. And they had four or five key players who played well, and the rest of them didn't like to turn up. And they went back to the commentator after he said, if it wasn't for them players, they wouldn't have missed a draw over the in the same respect. And then, then Arsenal played. And they were absolutely devastated. <laughs> they were absolutely devastated. They won 4-0. All the players were on the zone. And he went back to the manager after and he said, you know what? I sent them out with a vision. They called me and they won. And I thought, like, just thinking in answers and saying, as a church, as a body, we need to be all we together. Well, just a few of us, definitely not none of us. But we together with this vision of this church. Because it might be another year, but it's the same God. The same church is the same mission as God's mission. As we move forward together, we're going to impact this community and we're going to be devastating as well. And on that, uh, you know, what better example have we got than Jesus' mission? He left heaven's glory and come be amongst us and faced temptation and trial. He was obedient to the cross. And he wonderfully rose again on mission and bleed today. Mission and bleed. We break bread and say one now. And we pass it around. We'll just keep that in our, in our hearts and in our thoughts and really pass it to God in worship. Nice little back, come on. Yeah, Lord, Lord, we just we just want to lift you up, Lord. We, we really want to, as we take communion, we want to really remember you as Dean said, Lord. You left heaven's glory, Lord, for us, Lord. What, what have we done? As Steph said, all, all we can do is bring fish, and it's you. It's always you, Lord, who brings it 